Welcome to the Footy Museum and the Footy Museum podcast where the pipes are frozen but also all the windows have shattered because we have entered Arctic territory. It is negative 45 degrees Fahrenheit. People are tunneling under the ground. We are now living as a city of mole people and yet we're still here to talk about soccer and I am Captain Mole Man, Justin Witte, also co-director of the Footy Museum, and I am joined by my other subterranean companion, Maria Van Dyken. Lee, that took a weird turn, Maria. Welcome. (laughs) MLS is an indoor league now. It is. It's played all in one giant... Not all of MLS is in Chicago. No, because the South is so hot that it will have to also move indoors. So it's indoor league for different reasons. Oh, man, this weather is just horrible. It went from like 35 to negative 12. But I biked here. Yeah, you are tough. That was amazing. You do also live two minutes away. (laughs) It's 10. It's 10 minutes. And it did take me a little bit longer because I was hey, watching out for ice. Did I say just layer? It's all about layers. It's a, it is all about layers. It's all about layers. You know, we talk a lot about history on the show. We love the history of design, the history of clubs. Um, but we haven't talked about the history of this fair institution. Do you know what we're looking at? Uh, yes, I do. This, not a lot of people know this, but um, this is the Footy Museum's original... Original, original crest. This is the 1909 uh, crest of the Footy Museum. Now, you may ask, 1909? I didn't realize you guys have been around that long. It's true. We have been a part of the American soccer landscape since very early. In fact, the Footy Museum um, began at this location. And what we are looking at here um, is actually a grocery store in the Chicago area. It is not any grocery store. It's actually owned by two gentlemen. You can see them. There are two of the gentlemen there in the front of the store, Kip Van Dyken and Casper Witte. They opened this not too far from here in Douglas Park, which was actually a Dutch area of the city. And they catered to that Dutch area. They sold like that really salty licorice, a lot of flounder. Um, what else? Chocolate lighter. Almond paste. And guilt. Um <laughs> Perfection. <laughs> Perfection. Now they are, they are cleaning supplies. <laughs> Judgmental stairs. Judgmental stairs. <laughs> Unspoken respect and love. And bicycles. And bicycles. <laughs> um, and they were also fans of association football, which was a growing sport at the time. Now, uh, in Chicago at the time, uh, there were a lot of different teams because every neighborhood, those of you who don't know Chicago, it's like, I would say when you think about like a map from um, Lord of the Rings and every little area, it's like, oh, that's where the hobbits live and this and that. Mm. That's like Chicago. Every neighborhood is totally different and unique. And it was formed by all these different immigrant communities and continues to be uh, that moved into these neighborhoods and set them up. So a lot of them had different teams and they were playing. um, And actually at the beginning of the 20th century, their soccer was so so much growing in popularity that this famous British club called the Pilgrims came to tour the U.S. And they actually came to Chicago. Kip and Casper wanted to capitalize on that visit and decided to set up a small display in their store to attract other association football fans. Now, what they did was a little interesting. 
um, they decide to do a display of the favorite tobacco products of association football players from Chicago, from teams like the Hyde Park Blues. Um, different time. Yeah, yeah. Little, in fact, a lot of times they would smoke during the game. There's that, they took extra breaks. They took they? extra breaks. Yeah. That, the term smoke break actually comes from early American soccer. I need a smoke break. It was actually an official call to the referee, and they would say smoke break, or in different languages. I think in Dutch it was Gleischwund. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> um, so uh, Kip's sister, uh, Ina, actually, uh, she was a talented artist, and she created that first uh, logo that we were looking at. We can look at it again here. Um, and you can also see it on the storefront. She created that, and at the top of it, there is a raven, and then in the long oblong circle, and also known as an oval, <laughs> it's the <laughs> TFM, which is called for the Footy Museum, is what they named their little display. Now, the raven was actually um, after Casper's uh, pet, Raf, which is Dutch for raven. He's very creative with his naming. He, he's, you know... In line with his ancestors in Grand Rapids, they just name things as they his are. His ancestors in Grand Rapids. <laughs> this is, he's not a Dutch immigrant from his, the Netherlands. Yeah, I meant his, he's his, a Dutch immigrant <laughs> from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I meant just like his, uh, what would you call that? His uh, Cousins? His cousins, his, you know, his, I don't know, generations, future generations of Dutch immigrants in Grand Rapids, also creative <laughs> in naming. Whew. So they called it the RAF, and it lived in the rafters of Kip and Casper's. And that's kind of how it started. Um, and like I said, they they uh, installed this display. And shortly after they installed it, someone came by the store, a man by the name of Peter Peel. Do you know who Peter Peel is? Uh, I believe there's some dinnerware named after him. Well, yes, there is. After many, All prestigious people in the <laughs> early 20th century had dinnerware <laughs> named after them. The Peel Cup was named after. And just like all prestigious dinnerware, it was handed out just to uh, people who excelled at sports. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the Peel Cup was one of the first big prizes in U.S. soccer in Chicago. Um, and he loved it so much that uh, he was so impressed that he offered to display the Peel Cup in the store. And that started to draw a lot of attention to what was become known as the Footy Museum. Uh, eventually, Kip and Casper moved the Footy Museum into a permanent location on, I believe it was Milwaukee Avenue. Right? Milwaukee Avenue, to, that's correct. To check with the archivist. Yeah. Um, uh, where they drew more and more attention during the, uh, as they got into the 20s, uh, things were still growing, but you know, hit the depression, things were kind of tough. Um, rumor has it, they survived by selling a tonic out of a, a back room. Quote, unquote. Uh, yeah, a sport, I think they called it a sports, a sports drink. Yeah. <laughs> A sports drink. It was the, it was the <laughs> world's first sports drink. Um, and then they uh, also took on a venture where they tried to sponsor the first time the Footy Museum tried to sponsor a team because uh, in one of the Chicago leagues, the um, was it the Jefferson Parkers? Some team, I think from Jefferson Park area, dropped out the last minute, so mm -hmm. the league was out of bounds. And they asked if they would sponsor one. They did. They used their own savings, and they lost their shirts. Um, and that's when they decided. Common theme with this museum. <laughs> that's when they decided uh, to kind of maybe step away, and they handed things over um, to uh, Betty Eichenhout. Now, Betty was what was her relationship again? Niece. Like, niece of of oh Casper's <laughs> niece. <laughs> 
Um, and she took over and started running operations. And she was actually in charge during um, World War II. Um, and it was at that time when the leagues in the U.S. and Chicago almost fell apart. Um, so she fielded a team of all female players. One of, not only, there were some, there were the Decur, famous Decur women's team, but this, there was also um, the Rafts of the, the Footy Museum. The Footy Museum Rafts. The Footy Museum Rafts, led by Betty Eichenhout. Um, and here you can see a picture of them playing here. I believe this is Humboldt Park, and they were playing, um, I think that they were playing for the championship game. I'm not sure what the picture is from, but I know you can see the little logo on, on the kit there. Nice kits. They look heavy duty. Yeah, that's some quality craftsmanship. Um, after the war, the men came back and said, you know, it's our game. <laughs> um, and also Dang. soccer started to fall off in popularity and American football really started to pick up. Um, the Footy Museum moved back into a, uh, you know, started to really focus on its exhibition again and try, in an attempt to try to draw attention from this American sport, tried to update their logo once again. So here you have the 50s logo. I like it. It's a very like sport jacket. American yeah. varsity, like, looks right on a sweatshirt. Looks right on a... Or a bomber jacket. A bomber jacket. Yeah. Right or just hand-stitched somewhere. Yeah. Cool <laughs> patch. Cool. Um, I should mention that 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 the, the Rafts, uh, they actually toured the whole country and played men's teams throughout the country. And they only lost twice. I think two games on the West Coast. They were pretty phenomenal. So it kind of foretell the dominance of, yeah. of women's soccer. Pioneering. Are you cold? Is, is it the fact that it's <laughs> negative 10 degrees in here making you cold? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how you could tell. Uh, so despite this rebrand, uh, <laughs> do, you need, do you need another parka on top of that? Despite this rebrand, it was hard to compete as soccer kind of fell out of favor and it was the store was looked at more as a curiosity Um in a historical spot and wasn't doing that great. And Betty decided um, to hand the museum off to one William Bauman. Um, William Bauman nice here. Suit. Yeah, it's the, it was the time. He took over um, in the late 60s, early 70s, and he was a big proponent of kind of the modernization of American sports. And he loved kind of the idea of artificial turf, domes. He thought that... Uh, Soccer could really be improved if live dogs were allowed on the field at the same time constantly. We've all seen that in CONCACAF games when a yeah. live, but intentionally letting dogs out. It's and, really entertaining. And as yeah. the game went on, he wanted to let out an additional dog and an extra time would be two dogs every minute. So by the end of the game, there would be about 150 dogs just chasing players. I love dogs. It's yeah. great. Uh, that didn't catch on, uh, but he started really ambitious programs for the Footy Museum where it focused on exhibitions on the future of the game. Here you see at a, one of his shows at the McCormick Place, the future is domed, um, and he's kind of a suave gentleman. He was a little bit of a partier, though. I like that lapel. Yeah, that was a big lapel. <laughs> that was actually, he also recommended that all players dress like that at the time. Well, they wore ties at one point. Is that a tie? I mean, that's so wide. Oh. Is that a tie? Or is it a sweater? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. We'll have to check with the archivist. Um, but, you know, he spent a lot on these shows and he didn't do so well. And it did so bad that actually he had to start renting out the Footy Museum space as an event hall, try to make ends meet. And it was in that event hall where there was a... Um, 
hyper-powered breakdance party in the 80s. There was a lot of snow there. You know what I mean? It wasn't winter, but there was a lot of snow blowing throughout that party. <laughs> and it was busted, unfortunately, by the police. They shut it down. And it was shortly after that that the Funny Museum was mothballed. It was stored at a, at a uh, store at, a, I think, the basement of a row home in uh, Humboldt Park, like near Maplewood Avenue, I believe. Not exactly um, archive safe. No, no, no. They lost a lot of the old pipes there. Mm. Yeah. And the skeleton of Raph the Raven was also sadly lost. Oh, poor Raph. Poor Raph. <laughs> the shoebox just didn't do it the didn't job. didn't do the trick. <laughs> and that's where it stayed until um, the advent of, um, oh, I should mention, geez, how did I forget this? Uh, being the advanced businessman that he was, uh, William, I once again updated the logo, and I actually like this one from that period. Yeah, I love this one. Um, this this looks great. It looks great on yellow, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Anything really like vintage 70s feel, gold, yellow, warm tones. Yeah, it has yeah. that kind of schoolhouse rock vibe a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, it's probably the best thing William did. But anyway, this along with everything else was mothballed until the advent of... Uh, major league soccer entering the United States um, or starting the United States and coming to Chicago in 1997. And the Chicago team, um, your Chicago fire did reach out um, and to William and, and said, you know, Hey, um, how would you like to, you know, we remember that. How would you like a little display in our concessions area at uh, soldier field? So that's where it lived until the fire moved to the suburbs leaving. How much did those hot dogs cost? Uh, back then when they first started, you mean the original uh, C97 hot dogs? I think they mm-hmm. were 97 cents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another note to our earlier preview to the Chicago Fire, if you want a good idea, you should make all your hot dogs. You should have the C97 dog for 97 cents. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I Bring have back the change. good old days. Um, uh, so it was kind of a lesser-known... Um, Part of the show, but they did again once again have this awesome '80s, very MLS style footy museum. Yeah, and this Ooh. is when I first became aware of it. Ah, this, so this one is the one that caught your eye. Yeah, I was I I knew about it. I think I was at a game. I uh, wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, but then after they moved, it kind of fell apart um, until 2022, when uh, Maria Van Dyken and and myself, just we no relationship to Kip and Casper. No, no, it's kind of crazy. It's just like a really weird um, yeah. coincidence. We met, um, and we discovered, as some of you who listen, there's not many of you, unfortunately. Some of you <laughs> know we work in the museum industry, and we're interested in doing exhibits that tell fascinating stories about football clubs and using the sport. Um, that is all over the world as the lens in which to really talk about a lot of different communities, cultures, and histories. Um, and we stumbled upon that that this archive of information and, and this history was still available. And we reached out to um, Bauman's family. Unfortunately, William Bauman's no longer with us. Um, and we were able to take over. And now we are the co-directors of the Footy Museum. And this is our new... Logo, and we try to honor kind of that history. We have a, a nod to Raph the Raven. Yeah, he's on there. Um, but also some of the cool lines from the 70s. Um, and, you know, it looks it looks great. And 
this kind of history, the evolution of the Food Museum, of course, is completely made up. Um, uh, but what? What do you mean? <laughs> Except for the last part of you and I starting this, and what this is is actually we've been working. That's made up. You've been telling me that this was true the whole that time. Story was not true. <laughs> that uh, when we. That's the only reason I came to this. <laughs> when we. Uh, as we started working on this project, which actually was in 2022, we, in the last year we started working with a design company because we wanted to come up with a crest because we talked mm-hmm. so much about crest. We yeah. talk about so we actually got hooked up with a Chicago, a design firm, delicious design. And we actually worked with a designer, Billy Bauman, no relation to William <laughs> Bauman. And he suggested, you know, maybe if you're so interested in the evolution of a crest, what if we designed a complete, evolution of the footy museum yeah uh and the idea of like what if if it existed in different times how might it look and how might that inform the present day on so we almost did this reverse engineering like if we were around for 100 years how would it evolved um and here it is and i think that he did an amazing job yeah i love all of these an excellent excellent job no small task and he really hit it out of the park absolutely And the cool thing is you can check these out now because our website is also updated. Thefootymuseum.com is now completely redone with all of our new branding. There's new information about our show American TIFO that is available starting in the fall to rent for different institutions. And you can also access this podcast and get some of that sweet vintage merchandise. Vintage inspired merchandise. Wow. Maria designed the website and she did a fantastic well, job. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, you composed this wonderful history. Here it is. There's kind of our look. What history? Do you, I just read it. It's just history. <laughs> um, so you can see again the, the, the logo. We also see, um, you'll see it a lot in single color. This looks great to me. And I also love these little brand icons you came mm-hmm. up with, which yeah. you'll, you'll be seeing as well. Um, but looking at this Thinking about our history, air quote history, um, and what we do, you know, a lot of the things we reference in our fake history are actually true to Chicago soccer history. And the U.S. actually has fascinating history. So the next few, several podcasts, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth, starting with Chicago, talk about some of the real history of soccer Mm -hmm. in this city and spread out to the country. So I look forward to doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I hear like or read something more about um, soccer in the U.S., it always oh, it's like the there's always something about it that surprises me, and always something about it that's like, um, like why haven't we come to more of a place of unity? But it seems like there's always this push forward with it that's really interesting mm-hmm. and all of these obstacles it faces that are really interesting and all of um these communities that are impacted by it that's it's just there's always something there that is new and what well, came over with yeah. so many different groups and i think it i think as a sport that's fairly simple to play it evolved in a lot of places organically and like many things here in the u.s that happens to a point and then there's people like, well, we need to amp this up. We need to, you know, we need to make this something bigger and we need to follow a model of maybe a model that doesn't fit 
And we talked about that earlier in the week with the history of the NASL um, and also MLS. But you're right that there is a very long history here. And what also made me think about it this year is MLS deciding ultimately unsuccessfully, at least so far, to pull out of the U.S. Open Cup. It was Uh another way of kind of denying that history. Um, So I think it's good that we talk about it and share it because... People still think about it as like, oh, soccer is this new sport here. It's a soccer. Yeah, but it's not. It's as old yeah. as the sport itself. And really yeah. what I'm interested in, and I think, I don't know about you, but I just, it is a great window just to talk about history. Yeah. Um, and the more we can learn about history. And Chicago, where we're going to start with, has such a fascinating overlapped history. Um, and you see it, you know, you see it as you as you go through the, the neighborhoods and there's traces. So I'm going to, I'm really interested to learn how soccer interwove with that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how it somehow ended up with the Chicago fire. <laughs> right. Right. I've, it's, it's this thing where I'm, I'm always like with, with these, um, I've got, it's not coming out of my mind. Um, That's because it's negative 45 <laughs> degrees in here. And I have slurred spreech. <laughs> my legs are frozen. Like this, these leagues are always trying to be national leagues. It's got to be a national league. Um, and even, I mean, they have the two conferences in MLS, but uh, it's such a big country. It's such a big country. Such a ginormous country. It's like twice the size of Michigan. The country. The country. <laughs> <laughs> All All right. <laughs> So please check out our new website at thefootymuseum.com. You can check out this history, the designs by Delicious Design. Um, there is some cool merch available. There will be more. Um, that 70s shirt yeah. already ordered. I'm going to get oh. that for sure. Um, find out if you have questions about our exhibition. Um, it is an exhibition about uh, TIFO and supporter culture in the U.S. that we are making available to rent to different institutions um, so museums, galleries, public institutions. And if you are interested about that, you can reach out and contact us. And we can share the very true stories of football with you, unlike our completely fake history that we shared that we shared today. Okay, I'm going to go <laughs> start a fire with the nearest flammable thing. <laughs> and that's... This is the story of football. Of football. <laughs> <laughs>